and we are going to read uh, a bit of the story of the fall. So we're going to read from uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through to 9. So remember God has created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Last of all, he's created Adam, Uh, then he's created Eve, Uh, and then this is what happens, the story of the fall in Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was the most crafty of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. Now, what we're going to look at tonight is slightly different to what was advertised on Facebook, if you saw it there. Uh, On there, I think I'd said I was going to speak on a God who never forgets, but who chooses to forget, okay, which is a great truth. But we're not going to focus on that tonight. I changed my mind, and instead, we're going to focus on this passage at the beginning of the Bible. Now, this month is our month of remembrance, and as I said at the beginning, we had communion this morning. Um, and I was speaking to Carol just after the service saying we've not had um, communion at an evening service for a, quite a wee while actually. So we must um, try and bring that back and have communion at an evening evening service. Obviously it's Remembrance uh, Day next Saturday, Remembrance Sunday uh, next uh, Sunday uh, morning. And we started a series this morning in the book of Deuteronomy and it's all about remembering uh, because Moses Uh, is there on the east side of the Jordan with all the Israelites, and he's reminding them uh, of all the goodness uh, that God has shown them over the last 40 years before they go into the promised land. And I still want to focus upon the idea of remembering uh, tonight. But before we do this, I want to ask, how good is your memory? How good is your memory? All right? So, For some of you tonight, you know, when I said earliest memory, you're like, brilliant, I can remember what that was, you know, Billy's in his pram, wow, you know, baby, couldn't couldn't believe it, all right? Uh, Some of you, it was like school was the first memory, I was really surprised, you know, four or five, and that was the kind of earliest, earliest memory that you, that you had. And some of you say to me, well, you know, I can remember the past, but you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday, you know, I find that really, really, really uh, tricky. So how good is your memory? Well, you remember this game, Kim's game, all right? And you have to remember all the items and often do this at school, incidentally, all right? And 
Some of you here tonight will have great memories. You'll be able to uh, remember all those uh, items, and some of you uh, won't. And we'll think about that just a wee bit later. Now, some of you here tonight will have great memories. You'll remember times when you were really wee uh, in your, your life. You'll recall, uh, and some of you are really good at names. You recall names. That is, that is your thing. Some of you are terrible at names. You just can't, can't get it. Um, you'll remember faces, but not names. Some people remember names, but not faces. Uh, incidentally, we're all different uh, that way. So, memory's a, a strange thing, isn't it? When you really, really think about it. And sometimes our memories actually deceive us. Or sometimes we have false memories. Did you know this was a thing? I.e., we're, we're sure that one thing is the case, but when we investigate it, it turns out that that's not been the case at all. I had this fairly recently, a very minor, mundane thing, but um, I like watching the rugby, so does Anna, and we were watching this rugby match at the World Cup in Scotland were playing, and they beat Romania by a massive score, and the commentator said that this was the biggest win that they'd had since they beat Japan. And I turned to Anna and said, we were at that match. And I said, the score was 100 points to 5. I remember it. I was there. The commentator said the score was 100 points to 8. I was like, I can't, that cannot be right. And so I had to look up the score just to see what it was. What was the score? 100 points to 8. I just couldn't remember it. Now, incidentally, I spoke to Anna and said, oh, when was that match? She's like, oh, it was after we were married. That's when we went to see Scotland against Japan. We saw them in Perth. And uh, we looked up the date. It was after we were married. So there you go. It was a couple of years after we thought, thought it was. But I do remember that I had a white chocolate lime Kit Kat at halftime. That's all I can remember. There you go. So what I want you to see is that our brains and our memories are malleable. There was a famous experiment carried out by a woman called Elizabeth Loftus in 1994, which revealed that she was able to convince a quarter of her participants that they were once lost in a shopping center as a child, even though they hadn't been. But she convinced them that they were, and they seemed to remember it. And there was another similar experiment in 2002 where half the participants that were in this experiment were tricked into believing that they'd taken a hot air balloon as a child simply by doctoring a photo and showing them in that hot air balloon. And then they seemed to remember it. And they were able to give great details of what they'd seen. So our memories can be unreliable. Now, tonight I want to think about this passage at the beginning of the Bible from Genesis chapter 3. And in this particular passage, we see the serpent, who is basically the embodiment of the devil, of Satan, speaking with Eve. And the serpent says to Eve, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now, you might remember the story, and you remember that everything was created. Adam and Eve are in the garden Uh, And then uh, a key thing to this story is that God says to them uh, that they can eat from any tree in the garden apart from the one tree that is in 
the middle. Now, what's key in all of this is that it's the devil who's the one who sows doubts in people's minds. And so the devil says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And Eve responds to the serpent, of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden. It's only from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, the question is, is what Eve says right? Is it true? It's mainly true. There's a couple of things to notice. The first thing is that actually Eve heard or knew what God had said secondhand. Do you realize that in this story? Because it's actually the case that Adam was told by God about the tree in the middle of the garden before Eve was even created. It's really interesting, isn't it? So Eve only knows about this secondhand. Okay? It's about like, you know, someone's spoken to Anna and then Anna's told me. And sometimes it's, well, let's be fair. Someone tells me something to tell to Anna, and usually it's not quite right. Yeah? Eve only heard it secondhand. But also, do you notice it's not quite accurate what she says? Because Eve says, when she's replying to the serpent, you must not eat it, that's the fruit from the tree, or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, God never said, you can't touch it. Never said that. It's not recorded. Only that they shouldn't eat it. But what I want to focus on tonight is how the devil sows doubt. The devil sows doubt because he says, did God really say? And of course, if you know this story, it's very key to the Bible, the serpent leads Adam and Eve astray so that they do eat the apple from the middle of the tree and they fall into sin. Now, how does this relate to us? There's lots we could say about that passage, incidentally, but I want to, to, to just think about how the devil sows doubt. How does this relate to us? Well, sometimes we experience amazing things from God, don't we? Sometimes we have a really close encounter with God. Sometimes we know the closeness of God. We know that God has been speaking to us. We know because, you know, sometimes we've been perhaps even in a service and we know God is there. And, you know, it's, it's almost you could reach out and touch him. He's so close to you. We can experience amazing things. Or sometimes we, we might understand that God is calling us to, to something. Or has spoken to us through, through his word. But I wonder if you've ever had the experience where you, you've experienced the amazing closeness of God. But then you wake up the next day and you doubt. Has that happened to you? And you question to you, well, was that real? Did that really happen? When I was worshipping last night and I really felt the closeness of God, was that really God? Or was it just me because, you know, I was feeling a certain way that night and I was feeling good and, you know, it was just how I was feeling? Or was it God? 
And sometimes it can be, you know, you really feel God is calling you to something. God is speaking to you through his word. But you wake up one day and you think, oh, it's just me. I'm just making it up. It's just coming out my own head. And I'm just putting connections together that aren't really there. Does that happen to you? And often it's the devil who sows these seeds of doubt. Because he says to you, did that really happen? Did you really experience that? Now, interestingly, the Bible is not afraid to speak about doubt. I think sometimes in the church that we are scared to to speak about doubt. But the Bible's not scared to speak about doubt. One of the most fascinating passages, I think, in the Bible is at the end of Matthew's gospel. Because you've got the whole of Matthew's gospel where it's all recorded what Jesus did, the amazing miracles that he did, the, the you know calming of the storm, the feeding of the 5,000, the many healing miracles. You then have recorded that Jesus went to the cross, that he died there on the cross, declared that it is finished. And then what happened after that? Well, it's the resurrection. The third day, Jesus rose again. And then, of course, he appeared a number of times to the disciples. But right at the end of Matthew's gospel, just before the Great Commission, what do we find? Well, Jesus is in Galilee with the disciples. And it says at that moment that some worshipped him, but some doubted. Is that not an incredible thing? And I think it's really interesting. If the Bible were not true, it wouldn't have said that. That's what I think anyway. But some of them doubt. That's amazing, isn't it? They've been with Jesus for three years. They've seen his teaching, seen the miracles, witnessed his death and resurrection. And who rises from the dead? And yet some still doubt it. Now, as I just a, a wee aside here, people often say, don't they? If only I could have a miracle. If only I was there when Jesus was there, then I would believe. Do people not say that? Now, that might be the case, but not necessarily. Experiencing a miracle doesn't necessarily just lead to faith. That's a really interesting thing. Some still doubt it. Even when Jesus was there after the resurrection. Now, what are the antidotes to doubt and to a faulty memory? What are the antidotes to these things? How can we assure that the devil doesn't take away an experience of God or the calling of God? Well, the first thing is prayer. We know that anyway, don't we? Prayer. Keep seeking after God. Even as a minister, I sometimes have many doubts. Many doubts as to my calling, as to, well, why am I here? What, what am I doing? Why has God, God called me here? What is it that keeps me here? Well, it's prayer, first of all, isn't it? It's spending time with God and saying, God, I believe that you've spoken to me in the past, that you've been faithful to me in the past, that you've called me in the past, and that leads me to the future. It's keeping that relationship with God strong. The second thing is, write it down. Write it down. Don't trust your memory. 
If I hadn't written down what had happened in 1998, do you think I would remember it today? Not really, bits and pieces, but not really. And see, when I'm really down and I think, you know, God, this is a struggle, this is a strain, what are you doing? I sometimes go back, have a wee look. I think, oh, I remember. That's why God called me. That's what God was doing then, and this is what God is doing now. Don't trust your memory. Which brings us back to Kim's game. There was a pig in that picture. What kind of flower did it have in its mouth? A rose? Was it a rose? It was a daisy. It was a daisy. Okay. Okay, were there any... (laughs) See, some of you thought it was a rose. It wasn't a rose. No? Okay. I'll show it to you later. A daisy. Okay. Was there any sports equipment in that picture? What was there? A racket. Okay. And a football. Okay. A racket and a football. Okay. What color was the lorry? What lorry? (laughs) What do you think? Not red, not yellow, not green. <laughs> Anne was the closest. It was kind of silvery white. All right, okay. What color were the flowers? Pink, okay. Margaret noticed, all right. She must like her flowers, all right. Okay, what color was the pen? What was that, Kevin? The pencil was yellow. The pencil was yellow. What was the pen? <laughs> there wasn't a pen. That's why. All right. There was no pen. All right. So Kevin, I thought Kevin was right because he noticed the yellow pencil, but there was no pen. Okay. The last thing. What was the Bible verse? See, I put it at the bottom just hoping you would think it was just, you know, a kind of notice type thing. All right? Um, but the verse at the bottom, in very small writing, okay? I am with you always to the end of the age. One of my favorite, favorite verses, okay? So, there's all those things. You saw that picture. Okay, you didn't see it for very long, but you saw it, what, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago? Couldn't remember it all, could you? No. How much more are you not going to remember what God has done? Maybe not tomorrow, but next week, next month, next year. The time when you really need to know that God is close and the experience of God, you need to remember. So write it down. That's what I want to encourage you with uh, tonight. So, from God's Word this evening. The devil's the one who often sows doubt. He sowed doubt in Eve's mind. Because, yes, she remembered what Adam had obviously told her. Now, Adam might have told her it wrongly, but it wasn't just quite, quite right. And the devil sows doubt in our mind. That's what happens, isn't it? It's the parable of the sower, isn't it? 
some of the seed that lands on the path is very quickly taken away. And that can happen in our life, can't it? Where God has been close, God has been speaking, and yet we wake up the next day and think, was it really God? Write it down. Write it down. And remember that God is faithful. And he wants you to know that he loves you. Okay, shall we just pray? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words to us this evening. And we uh, recognize that we are, um, in many ways, we're, we're prone to, to false memories. We're prone to having malleable memories. And uh, we're prone to forget things. Uh, and in many ways, it's, it can be a gift to forget things uh, as well. But Father, we don't want to forget all that you have done. We don't want to forget uh, all that you are. And Father, many of us here tonight will have experienced times when you have been close, times when you have really spoken to us uh, of your love, uh, times when uh, we have known the joy of our salvation, times when we have been filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, times when you have uh, called us perhaps to a new job situation or to do something in our life or to do something uh, in the service of the church. And Father, uh, perhaps as we, we look back, we have hints of memories, but we can't remember the full thing. Father, we pray that you would help us to, to have the courage uh, to write these things down uh, so that we can refer back to them uh, and that we can give you grateful thanks for all that you have done and that might give us the strength to go forward into the future. Heavenly Father, we know that the devil is the one who wants to destroy, uh, that he wants us uh, to be filled with doubt rather than filled with faith. Uh, and Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that uh, as we spend time with you in prayer, as we spend time in your word, and as we spend time together uh, encouraging one another, uh, that Lord God, uh, you might be with us, that you would assure us of your presence, and that you might keep us safe from the wiles of the evil one. So, Father, speak to us tonight, we pray. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.